Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Well, welcome in. It's week 14, and we've got another great podcast for you. I've got Traymond Smith, who signed a contract extension a week ago. And this week, we've got the Seattle Seahawks. So I catch up with John Boyle, who is the team reporter for the Seahawks, and what the Texans can expect when they see Russell Wilson here on Sunday at NRG Stadium with maybe the roof open, apparently. That is what's in the works if the weather cooperates. But first, Texans fans, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston. You can stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? All right, I had a chance to catch up with Traymond Smith. We've been seeing him back there returning kickoffs and saw him a lot in training camp, actually. And then this year, he's taken over the kickoff duties. We've got Desmond King returning punts. And he's really done a nice job. He's got a lot of speed. Um, He is very physical, very fast, very vertical in his returns. And I had a chance to ask him why he's doing kickoffs and not punt returns. Like, what is the difference? I always find that really fascinating. Why not just do both? It seems like you've got the skill set to do both. Um, But he had a really nice return a few weeks ago against the Rams, 44-yard kickoff return. It was the longest return of the season. And then, of course, who can forget the muffed punt at Tennessee and that pouring down rain. Uh, He recovers the ball at the five-yard line. And then the Texans punch it in for a touchdown and come away with a win at Tennessee. So big plays for Traymond this year. And he's improved a lot. Um, everyone, all the coaches that have talked about him have said he's improved since he got here. But he really bounced around a lot uh, 2019 season. So I talked to him about his journey and what it's like being here with the Texans, how he feels like he has improved uh, since he first signed here. He put in a lot of extra work. And then, of course, you know, we're going to talk non-football because it is the Deep Slant podcast. And Traymond's Instagram, well, if you follow it, he's got a dog named Louie. And Louie has his own Instagram account. And Louie dresses really nicely. So who's running the Instagram account? Who's dressing Louie? We get into all the burning questions with Traymond Smith right here on the Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. All right, season four is not even over yet. And you've already got a contract extension. I imagine that's got to feel pretty nice for you, Traymond. Right. That's, it's really exciting just to know my hard work and dedication to the game is actually being viewed as a and I'm getting viewed as a hard worker so I love it are you are you surprised that the deal got done in season you're the first person with Nick Casario to have a deal done before the season's over is that kind of what you expected for yourself when you signed here this offseason um that's what I was hoping for that's always what I'm hoping for honestly but just to be the first guy and be one of the first ones uh talking negotiation with the contract is is very exciting I'm I'm excited to be here All right, special teams coordinator Frank Ross, he said that since you got here, you've shown a lot of improvement. How do you think you've improved since you got here? Oh, just with the little things, detailing, going out early to catch kicks. It's just all the little things I focused on this year and tried to hone in on. Were you going out early on your own before practice? Yes, I did a lot lot more at training camp too. So, I mean, that's just the things you got to do towards training camp to work to get better and just so – when it's not back there in the game, it's like second nature to me. It's just real easy. All right. So a few weeks ago at Tennessee, we saw you recover that muffed punt. Uh, that was a heads-up play because, first of all, it was like pouring down rain. Right. It happened all so quickly with the ball bounced off the guy's leg, and you were right there. You know, what was going through your mind on a play like that when things are opening up so so quickly in that sort of weather? Right. So it was a plus 50. So my, my job was to go front up the returner while A.J. ran the back line. And A.J. did a good job of running that back line. Noticed the the punt returner noticed how close AJ was and tried to make him stop making the play and 
that's when it hit its foot and I'm just going to front the return and I see the ball like I'm seeing it happen in slow motion really and just go to jump on it in the rain and slide a little bit and get dirty that was fun yeah it was, real fun, in the rain. It was fun to watch and and you also had a, a fumble recovery back as a rookie in 2018 right yeah. and I believe that was against Seattle how do you work on fumble recoveries? Is that something that you just have to be hyper aware of all the time on special teams? Yeah, you just always got to be running to the ball, too, being aware of your surroundings, you know, whether to pick it up or dive on it. You just got to be aware of those little things and just be close to the ball, always pursuit to the ball. So you started off your rookie campaign with Kansas City. Last year you were at the Colts, but that 2019 season you were with three different teams, three right? Different teams. Uh, so it was um, Kansas City. Green Bay, and then Philly. Ended in Philly, yeah. All right, so so what was that season like for you? That was just two years ago, but to right. bounce around with three different teams over the course of a season, you know, what was that like for you, physically, crazy. mentally? It was crazy, you know, coming in, getting drafted, late-round draft pick, I understand that, but, I mean, I signed a four-year contract, so I'm just thinking, all right, I'm going to be here four years for sure, and then going into that next season, I mean, you can kind of tell when things aren't going your way or how, if you fall in a depth chart, even though you're not supposed to be looking into that, but... I could start picking up on it, and then once I did get cut, they did – well, initially I made the team after training camp. That I got moved to running back. I played a little offense, actually. They moved me oh, you did? Bit. Yes, and then I ended up making the team for defensive back again. And um, I don't know, after they released me, I, my coaches came and talked to me and was like, listen, you're a great player. You, I know you're going to get claimed. Like, we would love to sign you back to practice squad or whatever and just work you as a fundamental player. But, I mean – I got claimed by Green Bay, and, of mm. course, like, it's no yes or no to that. And I enjoyed my time in Green Bay. I actually got to be around some good guys and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, some generational talent players. So that was good. And then after Green Bay, well, I was there like 10 games, went to Philly, got cut again, didn't get claimed this time, didn't get claimed off waivers. So I just weighed my options then, and I felt like, I don't know, since I was already moving, I was like, why not? Let's go try some a new city, new beginning, and – didn't stay there long, though, so it didn't work out. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were at the Colts last year, but at, at, was there any point in your career, maybe that 2019 or 2020 season, where you started to lose hope and think, man, this is really rough, especially think going into the NFL thinking you're going to be with the team for four years and then you had to bounce around so much. Did you ever get to a point where you sort of lost a little bit of faith or thought, I don't know uh, how this is going to go? Yeah, I, I feel like it was messing with my confidence a little bit for sure, just bouncing around, not – basically being told you're not good enough for this team or you're not the right fit for this team. So, But I just stayed training and stayed to my fundamentals, doing the little things right. When I was practice squad, I just do, do extra reps and just do all the little things right and show these coaches they can trust me. And, of course, my talent is there, but just mainly building that trust. I imagine that when you play for so many different teams, you learn a lot about just the business of football and how things are done in different <clears throat> In different facilities, right. what do you what do you think you took away from from going to so many different teams in such a short amount of time? Or did you learn something about yourself through all that? Uh, I learned a lot from the players too. Of course, mm -hmm. I've been playing with some good players. Like drafted was with Eric Berry, second year in Kansas City, Tyron Come. I'm with him through training camp in like the first three weeks. So I mean, just learning from those type of players, those elite players, I feel like that helped me a lot. And just hearing them tell me to remain focused and just stay the course that that was really big to me. All right, in college at Central Arkansas, you handled punt returns, too. So I always have this question for returners. Why do you think that you're more of a kickoff returner in the NFL? Why not return punts, too? Why do you think that your role is more on kickoffs and maybe not both or maybe one versus the other? Now, that's big props to Des King, Desmond King, too. He's a great punt returner. He's electric with the ball. So, I mean, having that one-two punch with us, we're two different type of returners. I'm more of a, like, one-cut guy. He's more of a 
zigzag, make a make a lot of guys miss. So I feel like that that equals up to punt return better. Oh yeah. But my running style kick return better off fits me in that for this team in general. So yeah, the down the downhill aggressive speed. You, yes. And, and Frank Ross said that that you've got a lot of speed that you bring right. to the game. Did you ever run track or how did I didn't? I never. You didn't. Track, no. I used to blame my asthma, but I grew out. You of have it. asthma. I did. You did. Grew out of it. You grew out of it. Yeah. So, like, you, what did you use your speed for? Did, did it help you in other sports? Oh, uh, so coming out really out of when I was getting recruited to college, all the college coaches, like the bigger schools, thought I was slow because I mean, hmm. high school I played quarterbacks, but I never like sprinted through the end zone. I was. You played quarterback in yeah, high school. I was like a little three A school. Okay. Sex high school, and I mean, I didn't. Ha- I never had to run full speed, so I never got to see it. So I realized I was fast probably my first, second year in college when the level up, and I really had to run. Sure, and that's when you realized that you were Yeah, I'm fast. I knew I was fast. always fast because couldn't nobody get, run away from me in the corner. So <laughs> You're like, like I'm, I'm by myself yeah. while I'm running down the field. Bring the fastest guy, I'm going to line up with him. <laughs> All right, you trained with Justin Reed this offseason. How did the two of you meet? Oh, uh, so we share the same trainer, Ryan Clark. So how how did me and Jay Reed end up meeting? Because you had signed here, but you had not really shown up for any activities yet. The offseason right. hadn't started. And, yeah, me and Jay Reed, we, like, right after season over, we'll go to Ryan Clark and his facilities up there and just we talk ball with him a lot, learn a lot from him. You know, he played 12 years, won a Super Bowl. And just it's just a great – Ryan Clark just a great guy to be around. And then, of course, just me and Justin Reed training in the same facility. We ended up just clicking. And, and then you end up in the same team together as well, in like, the same backfield. Yeah, Lonnie was there too, actually. Oh, okay. Lonnie so you, usually, so you sort of knew your backfield. Yeah, I knew too. Before you, was, before you actually had to yeah, start that playing. Yeah, big for me, coming in, knowing some guys. All right, our social media people tell me that you follow USA Pickleball on yes, Instagram. Yes. Are you a former player, just a fan? So my agent loves pickleball. We do this trip in Naples every year, after just after the season, and it's pickleball. He's heavy in pickleball. So Your I mean, agent? I, yeah, my agent. Okay. Yes, James and, Prentice. And, and you? Yeah, and I play with him, of course. And okay. he'll, he'll fly out his clients or whatever. And, I mean, it's just like <laughs> life-size ping-pong to me. I love it. <laughs> but those, like, it's older people that play. It's an older sport, so. Those old old guys are pretty good though. I yeah, they that. have they have competitive championships. No, it's real competitive out there. Definitely in Naples, it's like the home of the pickleball. Or really, home of the pickleball tournament. It's crazy though. All right, so you just bought a home recently too. I did, and and you bought it in Houston, in Houston. before the contract before extension. The contract. So you weren't afraid, like I'm gonna buy this house, and then I'm kind of stuck with Houston, no matter if Houston wants to be um, stuck with me. I thought about it, but then I also thought as a investment, you know, if I wasn't. Wasn't to sign back with Houston next year, maybe rent it out, Airbnb it out. Oh, maybe okay. to some of the players in-house. Who knows? So I thought maybe you just flew to Houston. You're like, I love this love. place. <laughs> I got to have a house here. I do love it out here, though. The city has everything you need. Yeah. Amazing food. and It's just huge. Definitely coming from Alabama. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of a, a – I mean, you're still in the south with Alabama, but yeah. I imagine it's totally different. Totally different. Night and day. Not in day, yet. but you you like Houston. Yeah, I love Houston. Besides the traffic. Though. Besides the traffic and maybe the summers. The summers, yeah. I'll take the hot any day, though. Yeah. yeah. Over the cold. Over the, yeah, yeah, because you've played in cold weather Green games. Bay, yeah. So on your Instagram, you we found out that you have a dog. Mm-hmm. A fr- French Is it a French bulldog? French bulldog. Louis. Louis. Uh, so Louis, Louis has his own Instagram account. He does. Do you run Louis' Instagram I account? Do, I do, I do, I do. Okay, why did Louis need an Instagram account? Oh, I feel like he needs to be showed off to the world. He's a great <laughs> dog. He's bad. He's real hyper, but he's a great dog he's, in general. He's spoiled yeah. a little bit? Spoiled a little bit. He's probably okay. at home just roam, roaming around right now, so. But he don't 
potty in the house or he that's just, important that's important that's key that is the big thing he just with sheds dogs. a little too much for my liking right now okay but you you got him well clothed though oh yeah he has some clothes he's in a lot of louis vuitton is that what inspired you to name yeah, him yeah so his name is really louis t instead of louis v louis vuitton uh-huh why louis t uh my name starts with a t oh okay yeah. oh and it's spelled different l-o-u-i-e-e okay <laughs> That's, that's right. important. I thought maybe <laughs> I thought maybe the real Louis was taken on Instagram, so you just spelled him. No, right, so he's got a couple of e, he's got a couple of e's in his name. E's. So he wears a lot of uh, Louis Vuitton, yeah. and uh, you you are also pretty fashionable yourself. Yes, I like fashion. A lot. How how would you describe your style? Because you grew up in Alabama, but I feel like there's like this West Coast vibe yeah. coming from you. Uh, I don't know. Just just buying clothes. I I have a bad problem with just going online and just buying clothes. See something I like. And eventually just put it together. I might not wear it to the next year, but like I got some shoes <laughs> and clothes that I haven't worn from last year or two years. Really? Ago. But once I find the right time to wear it, it's got to be the right moment. Perfect. Yeah. It fits okay. Perfect. Just, and then do you rewear it, or do you just like put it to the back and then? You I got put it to the back. You know, just I I try not to re rewear it, yeah. especially like to a game. Like I'm not wearing none of those. Of outfits. course, because that those pictures are everywhere. Those pictures, yeah. So yeah. it's like I feel like I can't wear it then. Does, does Louis T repeat outfits? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he has a bubble coat he repeats. A bubble coat? <laughs> a bubble coat, yeah. We, in Houston? We was in Indy, yeah. It was when we was in Indy, though, so. Oh. It was cool. We just brought it along with us. Yeah, he wears a little coat, but now now he's just, it's summertime, Perfect, yeah. so. Me and him going to take family pictures, too. They offering family Oh, pictures. my gosh. Are you going to post those on, yes, on his gram? Your I gram as well? Mine, too. All right, we cannot wait to see it. Well, Tremont, congrats on the contract extension. Can't wait to see what the rest of the year holds for you. And welcome to Houston. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for for allowing me to be here. All right, five games left in the season. Can't wait to see what Tremont does. But first up, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at home here in Week 14. Russell Wilson and crew come back here for just – the third time in his history that he's played the Texans. So uh, the Texans looking to turn things around. They've got a new starting quarterback in Davis Mills. David Culley announced that on Friday. So Davis Mills will be under center. And the Texans hope to, to build off of a few wins here the final stretch of the season. So can they do that? What do they need to do? And what will they be facing in the Seahawks defense? I had a chance to catch up with John Boyle. He's the Seahawks team reporter who answered all of our burning questions about the Seahawks in 2021. John, Seahawks are coming off a big win after that three-game losing stretch, and it just seemed like there was so much in the news about um, head coach Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and where the future of the team was headed. But I imagine with the win on Sunday, that's probably quieted the noise a little bit, has it? A little bit. That was very much needed. It's, it's been a tough season for a number of reasons. And, yeah, as you mentioned, three losses in a row. Uh, they had lost six of seven. It, it, you have to go back to 2011 before this team had w- lost three games in a row prior to this year. So it's been a tough year. But, yeah, much needed, big win, exciting win over a division rival. So, you know, there's it's an uphill battle from here. But this team feels like it still has a lot to fight for down the stretch. Yeah, especially with Russell Wilson there at quarterback. We saw him get injured in week five and then have the surgery, get the pin put in his finger, and then he made that really cool announcement. Uh, I'm a big fan of succession, so I saw the (laughs) announcement on Instagram that he was coming back. And then it seemed like it was tough sledding for him in his return. Do you think some of the losses had something to do with maybe him coming back too early or was was the finger still bothering him? And, And what really changed for him in this past Sunday's win? Yeah, you know, nobody's going to say he came back too early. And, you know, Pete Carroll has made the point that they, you know, they had to see enough in practice to let him play. They weren't just going to let him make that decision on his own. So they felt good about him coming back. But sure, I mean, he he was only a few weeks, you know, a month removed from surgery when he came back. And he didn't quite look like his usual self. He he just missed some throws he doesn't usually miss. And you know, he's a 
been a very accurate quarterback throughout his career. And we've seen the last few games prior to this past Sunday where he just misses some throws. And, you know, this past week he was, you know, complete 80% of his passes and he just, he looked like his old self. So yeah, I think there's just an element of his finger needs some time to get a little more healed. Also just maybe some rust. I mean, he's never for 10 seasons, he never missed a game. He never missed a regular season practice even. So, you know, taking a month off in the middle of a season might've just thrown him off a little bit in that regard too, regardless of the injury. All right. Well, he's got one of the best one, two punches um, in the league with wide receivers, Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf. So they have about the same number of targets, but it seems like Metcalf has twice as many touchdowns as Lockett this year. Uh, what do you make of the roles in the passing game this season? Is it different than how it's been in the years past? It, you know, it's pretty similar to what we saw last year. And it's just, it's always interesting with those two. You, it, you know, I'd hate to deal with them for fantasy football, but I'm not a fantasy guy because you never know which game, you know, who it's going to be. A lot of times it just depends on how teams try to defend them. You know, you'll see a team try to take DK Metcalf away and Lockett has a big game or vice versa. This past game was one of the rare times it's pretty balanced between them. I feel like more often than not, it's one has a big game and the other one doesn't. But yeah, they're over the course of the season, their body of work is pretty similar other than, as you said, you know, DK Metcalf's kind of been the bigger red zone target, which, you know, makes sense when you look at his physical makeup. He's he's the big body guy, but both those guys have been great for this franchise for a while now. All right, Seattle's defense. I don't know if it gets as much attention nationally as it does probably locally, but uh, they shut out the 49ers in the second half of that win, and they're allowing just 20.8 points per game, which is the third fewest uh, in the NFL. So throughout the losses, what's been the most impressive part about this defense? It seems like they pretty much stayed consistent throughout the season. Yeah, you know, they they started off a little rough. They gave up, um, I think it was over 30 points in back-to-back losses early in the year, and they gave up a lot of yards early. So it's funny, you look at their, st- I think they're still like 31st in yards allowed, but a lot of that came early and they've been really impressive, especially when you consider with the offensive struggles, that defense has been on the field a ton. The Seahawks have run the fewest plays in the NFL. They've, they won time of possession in San Francisco for the first time all season, they've had the better time of possession. So it's been a tough battle for the defense just in terms of how much they're on the field. But as you said, they've, you know, they're, they're pretty good in the scoring defense. They've been good in the red zone all year. They've been good on third down. So um, it, you know, hats off to that group because they've had some tough situations with the offense struggling and they keep battling and they've kept them in a lot of games, even in all these losses. So that's kind of become, you know, we thought we all came in the season thinking Russell's in this offense would be what carries the team, but the defense has really been more the strength of late. All right. Well, the Texans will face Adrian Peterson for the second time this year. The last time they faced him, he was uh, playing for the Titans. So after getting released, the Seahawks picked him up, put him on their practice squad and last week he, he scored a touchdown. So what do you envision for Adrian Peterson this week? Maybe a bigger role or does he take a step back? Does Alex Collins come back into the fold? What do you make of this run game when, the, when they face the Texans? Yeah, you know, we'll have to see. You mentioned Alex Collins. That'll be kind of the question mark of, you know, he, he's been playing through kind of a groin abdominal injury situation for much of the season since he took over that starting job from Chris Carson who's out for the year. So Pete Carroll did say, you know, Collins getting the, the time, the week off finally to, to rest might help him get back. But I think they do like, you know, Adrian Pearson. I mean, look, he's not, he's not 2015 or 2012 Adrian Pearson at this point, but he does still have kind of a physical presence that maybe they don't have in that backfield without Chris Carson. So we'll have to wait and see who all is available. You know, they like what they saw at Rashad Penny last week in a bigger role. So 
it's probably going to be a little mix and match, but I, I would imagine we might see Peterson in some capacity once again. So the Seahawks will face Justin Britt for the first time, not yeah. in a Seahawks uniform, which um, Texans fans, not a lot to be super excited about this year, but they, we do like what we've seen out of Justin Britt so far, even in the off season and in training camp, he just came off IR. So he's back in the starting lineup. What, what stands out to you about Britt from uh, the years that you've covered him uh, when he was with the Seahawks? Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that really developed into a leader and just kind of a really steady presence on that offensive line. You know, he he moved around a bunch early in his career. He started his career as a tackle. They tried him at guard, and he really found a home at center. And then, you know, unfortunately, the knee injury cut short his time here, and, and it didn't work out to bring him back for agency-wise. But really cool to see him back starting. You know, he was a guy that, you know, personally is just a locker room presence for the media. He was great to deal with, always a very accountable guy who would you know take any questions people had and yeah just good dude and glad to see he's doing well out there all right what about for yourself what are some of the storylines you'll be covering for this week's game yeah I mean first and foremost to me it's all about can this offense kind of build off the progress it showed as I kind of referenced earlier it, it had been a real struggle for a while for the offense you know really dating back to before Russell Wilson got hurt, but then especially after the injury. So they, you know, they started slowly against the 49ers last week, but then really picked it up. They had three touchdown drives and really should have probably had five touchdowns, but they turned it over twice right near the goal line. So if the offense can, you know, build off that and Russell Wilson once again looks like he did, all of a sudden you start looking at this team with the defense playing how it has been, and they do look really dangerous, like a team that might be able to go on a run. All right. Good stuff. John Boyle, team reporter for the Seattle Seahawks. John, thanks so much for the time and we'll look forward to seeing you here on Sunday. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the trip out there. All right. That was John Boyle. He's a Seahawks team reporter and it should be a fun one on Sunday. The Texans defense has played pretty well. You've got a new quarterback under center. Uh, This team is really, really itching to get a win here in this final month of the season. So uh, hopefully they can do it because last week's performance against Indianapolis, they didn't score a touchdown, but you know, they want to at least finish out this three game homestand with a win and at least a positive performance before they head back out on the road because week 15, it's Jacksonville. Then they're back at home against the chargers, then back on the road against the 49ers before they close out their season against the Titans. And that's really the final stretch of the season. So obviously they want to see some good things from Davis mills here to see what he can do uh, as a rookie, get some development, you know, Texans are two and 10, so you might as well see some of your younger players develop. And there have been definitely some bright spots this year. So thank you so much for listening. Tremont Smith, obviously one of them, a guy signing free agency and really happy for him and what he's been able to do. And, and hopefully we see some more from some other big players on the team. And you know what? You can catch our pregame show, Texans Unlimited, presented by Verizon. That's on Sunday. We'll give you the active... Uh, rosters, who's active or who's inactive, I should say, rather. And then the starting lineups, the top stories, headlines of the week. It seems like every week we've got some headlines uh, heading into the starting lineup. So you don't want to be the last to know Catch Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. You can follow the Texans on social media, download the app, you'll get the notification. And Sunday promises to be a great game. If the roof is open, which it's supposed to be right now, if the weather permits, you've got Bun B performing at halftime. You've got Jonathan Joseph as your home field advantage captain and I alluded to a little secret about a week ago Jonathan Joseph could be our pregame host my pregame host uh, next week when the Texans are in Jacksonville so you'll want to stay tuned for that that's coming up next week of course but first up of course 
the Seattle Seahawks. And that's going to do it for our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch HoustonTexans.com for more stories and articles uh, on the matchup and the week and what you missed. I've got notes and quotes. So it's really just cliff notes for the entire week of practice. That's all up on the website as we speak. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.